Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Full disclosure, because we keep it real here. When they open up that elective, are you going to like camp out the night before? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like this is your Apple iPhone. Pretty much. Botox. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I had to shoot something for work on um, a regular, uh, like, high-def camera. <gasps> That's not nice. Same, 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 right here, right? And we don't mm -hmm. use the filter no. uh, that makes you, but this sort of low def or medium def is so much more forgiving. I was like, oh God. Yeah, it sucks. I hate high def. Yikes. The worst. I was like 4K, like I'm going to now 4K over my money to anybody <laughs> who will come on over here and uh, give me the bow. I've had like six different clients reach out, like, what will it take? How much really? money? Yeah, oh, yeah. People are losing their minds. Yeah. You're so lucky that you don't have a, that, you know, your hair color is your hair color. It is. There's like one or two grays that have come on. One I plucked because I was like, I just. Screw it. And then I've got the, um, I've got that, uh, the, the hair dye you gave me. So I'm going to probably do that. Yeah. By the way, I need to get you on because now it's like time for Tom's haircut. Ah, uh, yeah. And I don't even mind saying this. So he was in the shower the other day and he's like, babe, can you, I'm, I'm setting this up. Maybe I shouldn't talk about this. Um, it's okay. Um, so I was going to get in the shower. So I'd already taken my clothes off. Right. And then he was like, he had to get in because he had to go, like, go to work or something. So I'm like, oh, don't worry. You go, you go first. And then right. I'll just jump at And he's like, oh, can you just clean me up around my ears? And I was like, this is your first naked haircut. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I realized, I was like, oh man, it might be now a while. So I cleaned up around the ears. You showed me how to do that. But I think we've got to get in with the with the comb. And I started to do that, but I need a refresher. No worries. Yeah. Super easy. I will bust out and 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 find a mannequin somewhere. And, and we'll make and sure watch. that we're, we're dressed. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I will definitely turn my old Wendy mannequin into Wendell. For, <laughs> for the sake of Tom Sarah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 tough right now. It yeah, is. People... It is. And you can't, I mean, I, I, I love my clients. I love and trust them dearly. But like truthfully, no, I can't come do your hair. And no, I can't see you. No, no you can't not, do that. Not right happening. Now. And people are like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, just today. What, what do you mean? Like if you just come to the house and we'll wear masks. I'm like, <laughs> no. No, that's not, not it. Not happening. Anywho, no. on that note, we have a full, full episode today of so much information. Mm -hmm. And um, some, um, like something that you're going to want to uh, look for in your pharmacy that needs to be part of your quarantine essentials kit. And no, it's not for um, beauty and it's not superficial. This is something that could really save your eyes down the road. Okay, so fresh out of surgery, 
literally because the surgery was supposed to happen at 7 30 and then it got pushed to 9 30 and then I started at 11 30. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. Of course. I'm like such a timely person. So I was like stressing out. I was like, oh my God, this is taking forever. Like talking about like anxious. So I've had this eye twitch that I get them occasionally. I feel like when I'm sleep, like tired or stressed, but I don't know. And then I talked to another girlfriend who was like, I've also been having an eye twitch. Like, what is it really from? Yeah. So eyelid twitch is something called myokymia, which is basically like a fancy word for just thought. It's called, it's eyelid twitching. So it can be due to a lot of things. The number one cause is fatigue, stress. Um, and think of it like a muscle that's just irritated. So just like you get a cramp in your leg, right? That sometimes can be because of overuse. Um, but the eyelid muscle, you're not overusing. So the irritants that can be, you know, something like, you know, heavy exercise or something in the body is not going to be equivalent to the eyelid muscle. So the eyelid is very sensitive to things like caffeine, to things like poor sleep or decreased sleep, stress. Um, the other thing that I think is always overlooked is dry eyes. Mm. Um, reason is people obviously, you know, we were just talking about screen time. If you have dry eyes, which everyone does nowadays, just because of our, you know, generation being the screen time generation, um, or the screen generation, you will make it 10 times worse by not kind of being, or not having good lubrication on the eyes. So what I always recommend is kind of try to decrease stress. No one can do that. Try to decrease caffeine intake, and then just start using lubricating drops in the eye. Oh, amazing. Which ones, what's your favorite? So I always recommend preservative free drops. There's really no brand that's preferable. Every brand is fine as long as it says preservative free. Okay. Um, the trick with those is that you can actually recap the vial. What they want you to do is to use one drop in each eye and then throw it away, but there's actually a lot left in the dropper. So you can actually recap them. And once it's open, you just put it in your refrigerator because it's good for a week unrefrigerated, but if you're not going to use it, which you should, if you're, if you're dry, um, then you put it in your refrigerator. And what happens over time is that you actually develop an allergy to the preservative. So that's why I always recommend preservative fruit. So it's like, cool. I think my husband use, uses Theratiers. Yeah, that's fine if it's intermittent usage, but if you mm. use every day, four times a day, which is actually therapeutic dose, meaning you should be using something four times a day or more drop wise, if you want to treat dry eye. Four times a day. Minimum. So yeah. um, where, like, where do we get those? Is Do they sell preservative free ones at Dwayne Reed? And okay. Everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. Amazon. As long as it says preservative free, the brand is fine. And if you're a contact lens wearer, you just have to be careful that it's safe to use with contacts and that it will save mm. box. So basically you are just gave us a great quarantine tip is like everybody should be doing this because screen time is up so much. And I'm, yeah. I'm just wondering like, how bad is this going to be? Like, do you think 20 years from now, we're going to be look back at this time and say, Oh my gosh, this was so bad for our eyes. Yeah. So, you know, the blue light theory became very popular where people started to really freak out about the blue light. Um, so really high doses of blue light have been shown to have some damaging effects to the eyes. Um, but you have to think about what is emitted from the screen. So the amount of blue light that you get from computer screens is actually very minimal. Okay. So you'd really have to be on the screen 
more than what's possible to actually get the damage. And it, it can happen in the form of cataracts um, and also can cause some changes in the retina. But again, it has to be a very high dose for a very long time. Um, again, not possible with screen time. So the studies really don't corroborate that finding. What they do corroborate though, is that it actually does affect circadian rhythm. So blue light does affect circadian rhythm um, and it causes decrease and kind of poor quality sleep. Yeah. But what mm. I recommend is it's fine to do screen time. Could you use those blue light glasses? Yes, but it's kind of a waste because like I said, it does take a lot. Yep, everyone has them. And that's okay, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt you. But again, I don't wear blue light glasses. So that should tell you everything, you know? Um, but I try to minimize as much as I can the amount of screen time before I go to bed. So the recommendation is to basically stop all screen time 30 minutes to an hour before bedtime. Mm -hmm. Affect your circadian rhythm. And that's because like, I'm, I don't know about anybody else right now, but my, I sit on a computer for legit nine hours of my day right now because I'm working from home. Um, and then I'm checking my email on my phone and then I'm watching TV. I mean, it's really yeah. from like one screen to the next one. And I think a yeah. lot of people are, are, are doing that. Um, even when I'm doing my at-home exercises, it's being streamed through either my phone or being cast to my TV. So it's tough. So I think the issue is we live in a very different time and yeah. I, I'm guilty of it too. When I, when I, when I say I try, it's really trying because that, you know, especially if that's the only time that you have for yourself, you want to be able to do something that you like. Usually that has to do with TV, Instagram, something. Yes. A hundred percent. Right. So yes. TikTok. Just, oh, I'm all about TikTok these days. Can, Can we, we just, just, yeah. Can we just discuss wow. your TikToks? I mean, I, I think I might just quit my job. And just You're a sensation. <laughs> if, I mean, I I'm just, it. are you, are you ready for reality TV? Cause you are, to, you be. do, you know that you would be a star. You know, what's funny is I'm actually very shy. Uh-huh. Yeah. But when I feel comfortable, like when I feel secure and I feel like I'm around people, which is odd because like I'm TikTok is for everyone. But when it comes to me as a person, I'm actually not that way, which is funny because when people meet me, like I tend to be a little bit more quiet. Like I'll joke if I'm comfortable with you. Yeah. But if I'm not, I just kind of I'm a little bit more silent. So it just it just brings me to life, you know? So Ryan sent me the TikTok. Okay. First of all, I am probably the only person in the world right now who's not on TikTok. I know I need to do it. I feel like I've done them before. It's like where you set the music video. So I've done them before, but right now I was surprised to find that you can do stuff that's not musical. And mm -hmm. um, I loved the Russian Botox. That was, was that your voice though? No. No, everyone thought that was my voice, which I was like, kind of like, I was <laughs> I was like, she's so talented. That. I mean. Good morning, Olga speaking. How can I help you? Oh, hi, Mrs. Humphrey. Yes, we are no longer taking patients because of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have to wait for your Botox wearing off. Okay, so what I would suggest right now is don't move your face. Don't talk, don't smile, don't laugh, don't cry. Uh, do not look surprised. And uh, this will take you a little bit before the wrinkle come back. And you look stunning. <gasps> I love you. I was like, move over Kardashians. They ain't got nothing on you. Oh my God. I do have a lot. 
<laughs> I mean, nothing we couldn't just, you know, whip up real quick. Trust. Yeah, whip it up just a little. But, you know. Kimmy out like- nauseating. <laughs> she needs a break anyway. Yeah. Ooh, the last- this quarantine has been re- oddly, I don't even want to say relaxing, but it has been. Mm-hmm. You guys feel that way? I, yep. You know, I... And, and we've been really conscious of this. I think that there are people out there who are dealing with some of the worst, awful, I can't even imagine what it's like on the yes. front lines. Um, but for those of us who are fortunate enough to not, I mean, I don't want it to end. I love yeah. working from home. My husband's here. We're getting along. We're doing things we never did. We did a puzzle. Uh, I miss going out to restaurants. I'm feeling yeah. so bad for people, those small business owners who are just getting crushed and a hundred percent being very aware of that. But for the very like for the fact of like just being able to take a little bit of a break and not yeah. have to go 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 has been refreshing really refreshing that aspect of it has been wonderful yeah it's the the non-financial aspect which i think all of us are especially as small business owners are terrifying but i always try you know i think for me i'm very used to struggle and crisis you know i'm an immigrant i came here with like zero negative nothing so that part of it never scares me you know i it's almost like i feel the most comfortable in struggle, if that sounds, Mm. but, um, for me, it's more of a, I just hope that this will never happen again. I don't think this can ever happen again, because even there will be other viral illnesses that are new that come through, but just like 9-11, you know, we're prepared, you know, and preparedness is very important. I love that you said that because one of my girlfriends, I was on a a group, uh, a book club last night and she said, you know, they're talking about this second wave and how it's going to be so much worse. And I'm not a doctor, but just, I think from a social aspect of it, I was like, I don't think it will be worse because look, now we all know, we might not like it, but we know that the quarantine works. Um, we are better prepared for it. We'll have our masks on hand. We're going to have our gloves on hand. We've got, we know that telecommuting works. Um, so for me, from that aspect, I can't speak to the medical of it being worse with the second wave, but I'm glad that you said that. I think that people need that reassurance that, Hey, we, we are getting through this. Um, so that if it happens again, you know, we'll be better prepared for it. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm just going to say that I think more boys now wash their hands after they pee than adults. So and women. I think we're, yes. which, well, which is shocking that they weren't before. Like that's okay. insane. Dr. Nas, you invited all the men to sit down in your, in your office on the toilet seat. I, I saw that sign. Oh, yes. Yes. You're like, please sit and watch. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I truly believe that more, that people are just more, they're, their habits are better now and they forever will be. I want to see what happens in the fall with flu season here in New York, because when you ride the subways, you hear everybody sniffling and wiping their nose. And I wonder now if that will change. I hope it does. I hope it does. I I don't think anyone will ever be the same after this. And it might be, you know, I think the severity of it will be, all of us will be very panicked right away after when things open up and then obviously it'll relax, but I never think we'll be fully relaxed. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
No. I just don't. I think for, so I'm still doing emergency cases. I'm still going to the hospital because I still take trauma calls. So um, I am seeing COVID patients. I mean, to that kind of to that point where you said that it, the second wave won't be as bad. It won't be as bad if people continue to take precautions because it's always the concern is overwhelming the health system. Right. Um, and so I feel like people have finally gotten it and our health systems, at least here in DC, Maryland, Virginia, are, we're hitting our peak now. Right. Yeah. Um, and so now we're being tested healthcare wise. So the second wave, it's just a matter of not all going back at the same time, not falling back into their usual ways, because otherwise, if the health system gets overrun, that's when we're in trouble. But I have a good feeling that won't happen. I get surprised, though. I heard um, Boston University canceled their fall semester already. And I'm wondering if that seems, um, you know, September, yeah. if that seems like, wow, it, I don't know, maybe I, I, I thought... I, I thought that in June we would start to see things kind of up and running again here in the city, but maybe I'm way off. I think the issue is when they're suspecting that COVID will end is when flu season begins. Mm. So we don't know how those two viruses interact, A. And B, wow. just imagine someone who develops the flu. They don't know if they're, they have COVID or if they have the flu. Right. Precautions would then, unless we have a vaccine, would then be to quarantine, right? Unless we have available tests. Um, but that's it. I think once we have kind of readily available tests, everything will be different. Uh, because if that's the issue is, is the combination of COVID plus the flu is going to be very, very dangerous. But at the same time, we do have flu tests that are very accurate. We have flu vaccines that work very well. Um, I think now more than ever, everyone has to get their flu vaccines just because, God forbid, if you develop something, then at least you're protected. On <sighs> You know, I never even thought about that. So you can have the flu and um, COVID at the same time? Yeah. That would be very, Dangerous. I think, very severe. It would be a very severe illness. Yes. On that on that note, I want to get back on my little self-appointed soapbox though. Get the flu shot. I get so annoyed yes. with people who don't do that because you know yes. what? It's not just about you. It's about everybody else that you're going to like infect and make worse. Correct. Correct. So I was an intern at Washington Hospital Center when H1N1 hit mm. before they had a vaccine. So it wasn't, it was essentially, and, you know, kind of on a pandemic level, although it wasn't truly a pandemic, but I saw, you know, patients dying. The difference was that H1N1 killed everyone. You know, obviously people with underlying illnesses, yes, but you hear a lot more stories of healthy people dying from H1N1 or, you know, before the vaccine. And so I always, I always get my flu shot. I think now it'll, anyone would get a Corona vaccine, correct? would say no to a corona vaccine. And so you have to think of H1N1 as the same, right? Um, once you see it and you see how it can be so deadly, it's kind of, it's a no-brainer. You're, you're basically saying, sure, I'll take this risk. Um, but I think now more than ever, people are going to take that seriously too. I think too, you, you know, you, you go, you uh, hit on a point that's also so mind-blowing that, um, you know, when people see things, it becomes a lot more, um, 
uh, something to react to. And it's interesting. I think that if we could, you know, because this is uh, a lot of what's where people are dying is in hospitals. And because of HIPAA laws, you can't show that, right? So we're not really seeing a lot of the of what's going on in the emergency rooms. We're getting yes. pieces of it here and there, but I wonder if that's also sort of been a hindrance to everybody. You know, it's one thing when it's a number on a screen or a little red dot where you're following it on a map and it's very different when you're seeing the pictures. You know, 9-11, we saw a lot of photos of it and it was there and it was really something that people were react, had a visceral reaction to. But with right. this, we haven't really been able to see a lot of it, yeah. So I, I love that you said that because I just feel like at least with my small Instagram presence, what I've been trying to do is kind of create that reality for people. So I interviewed an ICU attending who's taking care of COVID patients. Um, and I interviewed a pediatrician who's, you know, who's took care of some pediatric COVID patients. But it's still in my heart, I was like, people still, I feel like don't get it. So um, there was a guy, his name is Francis Wilson, who was being interviewed and continues to be interviewed on CNN, MSNBC, all the news outlets. He's a 29-year-old guy who basically died from coronavirus and was resuscitated, 29 years old. And I'm interviewing him next week. Wow. So he literally died. And then he came back to life. And so I felt like if someone is going to send the message to say, this is real, right? healthy, it happened to me, I was intubated, he heard his last rights to him. And in this moment, he basically, you know, they talk about like, you having this choice where they, he was allowed to say goodbye to his family. And so he could hear his family on the phone saying like, push through this, you can do this, Francis. And that's when he re-descended or, you know, back to his body. Wow. That's like right out of a movie. I mean, when I was hearing him speak, yeah, I just thought, and he's like, I would love to share my story. I do think that like, you know, we're at a point now where people are not like backing off a little bit. Um, but I think people are starting to feel like now is safe. But for our area, for example, no, it's now no. our peak. And a lot of people are behind New York. Well, you know? I was out in Central Park and um, the first night stayed, you know, it's been cold here, uh, which has been very helpful. Mother nature is sort of helping us by making us stay inside because it's been so cold, unseasonably cold. But on the first nice day in Central Park, and people were wearing masks, and uh, I met up with some friends, but we social distanced. We sat, there was no hugging, there was no nothing. But on my walk home, I saw, you know, couples, multiple couples, like sharing wine and sitting very close. And I thought, ay ay ay, what's going to happen when it hits 70? This is not good. Yeah. No, it's, it's this false sense of comfort, which I think people yearn for in every right. You know, they have they've been doing quarantining for one to two months at this point, and we're social creatures, so we yearn for that. We need that, um, and so I think the concern is that people will let their guard down a little bit, and that's the second wave, which inevitably, you know, will happen there will be a second wave of it. That's just the progression of this. However, I keep saying 
the second wave peak won't be as high as the first wave. And as long as our healthcare systems aren't overpopulated, then it should be fine. What can we do, uh, those of us quarantined, how, can, how are some ways that we can give back and we can support besides quarantining? Mm-hmm. I, you, you're doing a lot, you've donated a lot. I see you. What, what are the ways that you know, us at home can, can help? Um, so I think the biggest thing, like you said, is, is, you know, not to like reiterate that, but just doing your own homework and doing everything. The CDC guidelines change every day, but at this point it's, you know, you wear a mask when you're outside, you social distance and you self-quarantine if you feel sick. Um, I always tell patients, you know, I had a very low grade fever, like, you know, two months ago, let's just say, and I didn't run to get a test because you don't want to take that from someone who needs it even still. So if you feel like you're sick, stay at home, self-quarantine, the majority of the time you're going to be fine. Don't run out for a test. And then in terms of how to um, help, if anyone has any type of equipment, protective equipment, so gloves, masks, hats, even if they're homemade, um, your local hospitals will need them and will want them. Uh, so what I've been doing is our office, we gave the majority of our protective equipment away. Um, and then we're using, reusing our N95 masks when we see patients and then just re-sterilizing it. So if you have any equipment, um, contact your local hospital. If you don't feel comfortable, you can always contact me and I can help you find someone. Um, most of my friends have tried to, you know, either donate food or send food to hospitals. Um, it's very much appreciated, but hospitals can't accept homemade food. Um, but they do have, every hospital has a donation site where you can give, you know, some, whatever you can donate monetarily, um, and they'll buy their staff food. And so those are basically the two things that I say. If you want to donate to hospitals, feel free. Um, you know, a lot of these nurses, a lot of these doctors even are getting furloughed. Um, so if you have the means to, to do it, then obviously that would be great. But, you know, giving even a little bit um, will make a big difference in their lives. A lot of, you know, people that I know are no longer working because the hospitals don't need them. Right. And, and these are people who've been working their entire lives and have trained for a very long time to do what they do. So... I would just say donate whatever equipment that you have, um, even if it's homemade, and then, you know, food. Everyone loves food. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you've been doing. Um, You know, before we wrap this up, because you are part of the medical community, and look, nobody has a crystal ball, but do you have any, is there any rumors or when we think that things might start to open up? Or are you hearing anything that maybe... Yeah. We're not hearing. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's very state by state yeah. as well, but, um, uh, for Virginia, for example, our governor just announced that starting May 1st, we can proceed with elected cases. Um, so that's great news because that tells you that things are moving in a direction where people are still not, you know, obviously going out and socializing. Um, but we're moving from only emergency cases to now elected cases. Um, I've kept saying we're looking probably at June um, to resume mostly normal, June, July, but it won't be until fall where everything essentially goes back to normal. 
And the magic thing isn't so much the vaccine because the vaccine is going to take some time, but it's going to be the ability to test. Right. Because that will give us all the information. So testing early and getting results early, we're getting there. Um, unfortunately, what's happening is that people are confusing these antibody tests um, with actual tests. So the antibody tests are not great measures. They've been shown to be about 50 to 60% faulty. Yeah. Give someone with potentially a positive, you know, COVID diagnosis a negative one. Um, and that can happen half of the time. So um, they're coming up and they have pretty, you know, aggressive tests that are able to give results in about 45 minutes to a few hours. So that's going to be the difference. It's not going to be the vaccine. It's going to be readily available tests. So someone who wants to do something, for example, is able to get tested, positive, quarantine for two weeks, negative, go about your day. Um, and I think that needs to be it. Now, the other thing is, well, okay, go about your day, then you have potential, you know, you're going to be exposed. So how often should people get tested? Um, and so it's, it's the combination of readily available and the frequency as to which we test. But we're getting there. Um, I think it's going to take another solid month where we probably are at half capacity and then another month after that or so to get to full. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing. And, you know, I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody at home who's listening because you know what? It's working because we're all in this together. I know we get kind of sick of hearing that, but keep on keeping on. Um, Dr. Naz, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. If people want to come in, and trust me, I bet there's going to be a huge rush of people the second elective opens up for, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Botox, uh, all yeah. the stuff. Ryan's already made his appointment. <laughs> How can they find you? Um, so you can find me on Instagram. It's at Dr. Marion Nas. Um, I respond to all my DMs, believe it or not. And then I can always kind of either help you schedule through there by putting you in contact with the office um, or just kind of let you know what we're doing in terms of our office. And then what about TikTok? Oh, it's the same name at Great. Dr. Miriam Nas. Gotta Amazing. keep it. You know, I had a different name and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Be your brand girl, of course. Yes. And if you guys want to find us, you can always find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Art Beauty Podcast. Like, subscribe, comment. Let us know what, you, what you're thinking. If you liked our topics, if you want a different topic, let us know. We're here for you. Um, and as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.